After a long, but not uncomfortable voyage on the ferry, I have finally arrived in Gamora. If I had any expectations of what this mysterious place would look like when I actually got here, I suppose I'm not disappointed. To say that the dock is in disrepair is an understatement. I would question its functionality entirely, and I found myself feeling anxiety, thinking about the walk to shore on these dingy old planks. There's a mist, still hanging from the chilly morning, which I suppose is also fitting. The city skyline rises beyond the shore, and I can say that my anticipation of finally getting to work there is nearly palpable. There was a kiosk of sorts placed haphazardly at the end of the dock, and I made that my first stop. From the looks of it, it seems to be in no better condition than the dock. There's a small sign hanging on the front of the shack. It reads, Welcome to Gomorrah. Rest, solitude, and meaning can be found here. Good morning, sir. I'm Ezekiel Washington. Do you have a moment? Hmm, a moment, sure. I'm no sir, though. David is what you can call me. David Jacobs. A pleasure. Well, what's that there you're reading? Oh, this? Just catching up on some current events. Catching up? That old magazine appears to be falling apart at the seams. Well, it's not very often we get the newest issues. If I'm lucky, that boat there you came on will have a digest for me. Would you like a pamphlet? No, thanks. So, I understand you don't get ships in very often. How's tourism on the island? Tourism? <laughs> you're the first stranger I've seen come in some time. The boat comes in like clockwork every few weeks. It supplies the general store and the restaurant. Are you sure you don't want a pamphlet? There's important information in there. Again, no thanks. At this point, I took a look at the pamphlets he was trying to pass off on me. They were decrepit, much like everything else I had seen so far. If you looked closely, you could see a thin layer of dust on the stack he was motioning towards. It seems like I wasn't the only visitor to decline his gift. Well, what is it you're after? You're visiting family? Though, I think I would know if that were the case. Small community, huh? But no, I'm here on business. I'm a journalist. I've come to do a story on Gamora. A journalist, huh? Don't you go snooping around now. People won't take too kindly to that. David, I assure you, I'm here as a fly on the wall. How long have you been here? Oh, I'm here just about every day. This is my place. I like to watch the shore. And you could call me the welcoming committee, I suppose. I mean here on the island. Do you have family here? Family? No. It's just me now. Right. Well, I'm here to study a particular event that seems to be a local phenomenon. Do you know about the taking? Now, I thought you were up to no good. Listen to me. There's some things was best not knowing. I'm going to give you a piece of advice. This one's free. More than you'll get from most around here. Go home. You turn around right now and get back on that dinghy out there. I'm sure there's reporting to do wherever you came from. I apologize. I didn't realize this was such a sensitive subject. I didn't mean to offend. That was not my intention. But I do intend on seeing this through. I see. Well, if that's your plan, I really suggest you take a pamphlet. It could be your best friend out here. Really, I'm fine. If you insist. I'm sure you'll be back for one soon, though. Now, most strangers come here wanting a bite, seeing as there ain't no food to be had on the ferry. I'm sure you're no different. You see the clock tower? Yes, I see it. You head in that direction. You'll find the restaurant on the corner. Ann's Diner's the name. Alright then, thank you for your time. Sure, sure. As I walked away from the dock, I couldn't stop thinking about my encounter with the old man at the kiosk. He seemed so hospitable at first, even friendly, but was obviously taken aback when I asked him about the taking. 
I can only hope that his sentiment would be shared by everyone else I come across. Otherwise, I may have to use different tactics to get the information I'm looking for. I also wondered about the pamphlets. David sure seemed to think I would be helpless without one. But with the help of the locals, even the most dense of tourists can find his way around a place this size. Walking past the first row of buildings, I was initially relieved to have the cold sea breeze off my back. This feeling, however, was quickly replaced by a sense of awe at what I saw. Deserted streets, dilapidated buildings, broken windows, trash strewn across a street which was being overrun with weeds, breaking through from underneath the broken pavement. Piles in the road which could immobilize a car, or cripple an unaware passerby. I found myself wondering, who could possibly live here? Who would want to? Where is everybody? Carefully, I made my way forward, keeping a close eye on the sidewalk in front of me, and stepping around the faults in the cement multiple times. From the distance, the clock tower seemed no taller than three stories, but as I approached, it seemed to loom overhead, casting an enormous shadow on the morbid scene beneath. Finally, I arrived at the restaurant. This building, to be sure, was in no better shape than its neighbors. A flashing, half-lit fluorescent sign advertised Ann's Diner on the corner of Main Street and State Avenue. After a final breath of the crisp morning air, I stepped inside, glad to feel the wave of warm air on my face. The interior of the restaurant had a hole-in-the-wall look. Cozy to a regular, but to me it just looked like it was in dire need of a mop. Tables and booths to the right of me, a bar with mismatched stools to the left. At the bar, a woman stood, regarding me with a glare she must keep for all newcomers. I walked over and picked a stool. It didn't sit right on the floor, but I imagine that none of them did. I looked over at the woman and asked for coffee. No response. Just that menacing glare. I was taken aback by this, but again, I asked for coffee. At about this time, another woman came out of the back of the shop. She approached the glaring woman, spoke to her briefly. After their talk, the glaring woman walked into the back of the shop, and this new woman approached me, coffee pot in hand. Do you mind if I record this? Sure, hon, go ahead. Listen, I'm sorry about Anne. She don't trust easy. You want any more coffee? We'll stop brewing at the top of the hour. What kind of restaurant stops serving coffee at noon? The kind that serves liquor and beer afternoon. Is that really legal? We're the only bar and restaurant in town. Besides, the legality of it don't matter much. Around here, you might be surprised by the length of the law's arm. So, Ezekiel, what brings you to our little corner of heaven? Well, actually, I'm a journalist. I got a tip about some strange things happening in the town, and I thought I'd come get a look for myself. I hope to find some answers. You don't have to go far to find strange in this town. More likely it'll come to find you. As for answers, that's a big check to write. I've been around here for seven years and haven't found any. What brought you to the island, if you don't mind me asking? I can't imagine this is a place anyone would want to live. That's... that's a long story, but I guess you could say I came here to find some meaning of my own. Just like that damn saying you'll see on every corner around here. Do you know anything about the taking? All the missing persons reported on the island? What I know about that is vague, difficult to explain. I don't think you would understand even if I told you. Did you know anything about it before you moved here? Not at all. I came here because someone I knew, well, 
used to know came here, and then I came here myself. Would you be willing to do a full interview at a later point? Only if you're comfortable doing so. It would be a big help to me. Well, I suppose if you catch me on one of my off days, I wouldn't mind doing an interview. Now, I bet you're going to need a place to stay. Did you get a pamphlet? Uh, no. No, I did not get a pamphlet. Typical. No one ever does. All us strangers come to regret it later. David is stingy with the things after you've been here a day or so. He acts like there's a wealth of knowledge in them when really it's probably just a faded old map. Luckily, the only places you need to find are the motel, general store, and, well, here. Could you give me some directions? To the motel, I mean? Sure I can. It's gonna be too far to walk, though. Let me think. Now, I've got a car. Nothing fancy, but it'll get you around town at least. How about a hundred dollars and I'll let you borrow the car for a few days? It's a deal. Do you work here most days? Every day. Seven to seven. If your business wraps up in a few days, you just drop the car off here. It usually stays out back anyway. The roads here are pretty rough. Of course. And now, about those directions. Gina wrote out the directions for me, along with a crudely drawn map on a bar napkin. Good thing she explained as she was writing, because the thing is barely legible. After extending my thanks and paying the tab, along with a little extra for the car loan, I left the diner. Around the back, hidden in an alleyway and sitting next to an old dumpster, was Gina's car. There was miscellaneous refuse piled on the hood and roof of the car, and I swiped it mindlessly away. I found myself wondering if the old pile would even start. Sure enough, it did, and a lucky break for me. I took a glance at the map and started away. Head two miles north, the first direction read. Again, with my back to the coast and the harbor, I turned right onto Main Street. Gina had mentioned that the motel was located on the outskirts of town just before the forest. Mindful of the numerous potholes in the road, I carefully made my way down the old street. The caution in avoiding these obstacles added a considerable amount of time onto my drive. Gina had told me that a majority of the buildings I was passing were in great disrepair and long abandoned, although she didn't need to tell me that. She added a warning, not to enter the houses for any reason. As I approached the end of Maine, I saw my next landmark. Gina described a house on the corner with holes dug into the yard. Turning now to the right and slowing as I drove past, I saw an old woman in this yard, shovel in hand. She gave me a curious look as I went by, wiping her brow with her sleeve. After a few more blocks, I drove past the town's radio station, and only source of entertainment, according to Gina. A single stationary car is parked in the lot. If the weeds around it are any indication, it hasn't been moved in an extraordinary amount of time. Following the radio station, the town park is the next thing I passed. Four or five children are playing amid grass that hasn't been tended in years. Shadows of old benches and a slide are just visible over an old iron fence overrun with vines. In the distance, I see the sign for the motel. Pulling into the lot, I hear the car bottoming out on the broken pavement, followed by a grinding sound that probably wasn't good. At least it was easy to find parking in the empty lot. By now, I'm sure, I don't need to describe the looks of this shabby old motel. I myself would have been surprised to see any semblance to any modern, non-apocalyptic look of the place. I stepped out of the car, not bothering to lock the door, and walked into the motel's office. A single dim light illuminated the front desk, which was littered with old memos and receipts. I rung the bell and waited for someone to assist me. After receiving no response, I headed outside for a smoke.
Before I could light up, I was startled by a tapping on my shoulder. I turned around and was surprised by the sudden appearance of an older woman in shabby old clothes. She introduced herself as the motel's owner, contradicting my own first impression of homelessness. I didn't mean to frighten you, stranger. Who's this thing on? I was just going to ask you for one of them smokes there. It's been a while since the store got any and an old woman has her vices. Where did you come from? The office. I watched you come in and then go back out. Thought you changed your mind about staying with me. The office was empty. It was completely you empty. You didn't look hot enough is all. Now, if you let me get four of those, I'll give you half off your room for the first two nights. I mean, sure. That sounds fair. Is there a back room or something that I didn't see? <laughs> you just have bad eyesight for someone of your age. I was standing right in front of you. Now follow me, and I'll get you settled. Now, this woman, by far had given me the strangest first impression. And at this point, I began to understand that I may have bitten off more than I could chew with this job. Her robe was a faded pink and torn. She wasn't even wearing shoes. The soles of her feet were black with soot, leaving clear smudged footprints in her wake. I watched, awestruck, as she walked toward the office, leaving a trail of black footprints in the walkway. I noticed with an uneasy sensation of horror that there weren't any tracks coming from the office. Thanks for listening to the Gomorrah Podcast. The Gamora Podcast is written, voiced, and produced by R.L. Salater. If you like what you hear, leave a comment, subscribe to us on iTunes, and tell your friends about us. Look out for the next episode of the Gamora Podcast in two weeks. Join us again in our continuing search for rest, solitude, and meaning.